All right, all right, all right. What is going on, everybody? And welcome on back to the second episode of the Cinema Lords podcast. We hit the ground running on Sunday. We haven't gotten canceled yet. So here we are. We're back for a little bit more. Uh, if any of you guys might have missed the first episode, for those of you who don't, don't know, I am Nick Soares. I am the creator and host of the Cinema Lords podcast. Uh, back with me again today after an outstanding showing, I thought, in his first show ever on the ones and twos. Happy to be here, Cotton. Mr. Kalos. Kalos, how we doing? How we feeling today, buddy? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling nice. great. How do, you feel the, how do you feel after the first episode? How do you feel like it went? Uh, it went good, but we got room to improve. And I think we're going to do that today. I so, like that attitude. I like it. And then with us today for the first time, as promised, as advertised, our aficionado of Westeros, our good friend, uh, Mr. Luke Kleinen. Lukey, baby, how are we doing today? Doing great, boys. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. Happy Love to have it. you here. This is your first podcast as well, correct? It is. I'm a, I'm a first-timer, but I'm really excited. You guys did an awesome job week one. And, thank you. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. Happy to, con to contribute this year, this year. Glad to hear that. Thank you. But uh, we're happy to have you here. I think just like uh, just on Sunday, we're going to have a great time. Uh, first off, at the top, I want to say a big thank you to everybody that watched, that shared, that commented, that reviewed, that did anything to help spread awareness about this show on Sunday. Because there was a lot of you guys. I was honestly overwhelmed by it. It really meant a lot to me. Uh, like I said, that's the area that I'm going to need the most help in is spreading the word about this show. The only way that we're going to get bigger and better is with more eyeballs. And the only way we're going to get more eyeballs is with your guys' help. So, I'm trying to get a sponsorship. <laughs> a motherfucking sponsorship, baby. Uh, but it really meant a lot to us. Uh, we got a ton of feedback. Most of it was positive, you know, which really meant a lot too. But if you guys can just keep doing that pop, that would be awesome for all of us. If you guys can just keep on sharing, keep on reviewing, keep commenting, subscribing, whatever it is, it all really, really, really does help us. I wouldn't be asking you guys if it was just for nothing. You know what I mean? That's, that's the best thing that you guys can do to help this page grow. So thank you very much for doing that in the first episode. I hope you guys enjoy this one too and you know, keep sharing it around. Uh, now that all the formalities are out of the way, I guess let's dive into our topics. I wanted to start off today with a little bit of news. Uh, first things first, to all of my fellow Marvel fans, a very, very happy She-Hulk day to you guys. I have not watched the first episode yet. I plan on diving into it as soon as we're actually done here. Uh, I did take a little look around on Twitter, though, and I must say I saw a lot of positive things, which made me feel pretty good. I feel like I had good expectations going into this show, and Twitter seems to be liking it. So, Thoughts? I'm yeah, I'm still, I'm still waiting to see what it's like. Well, we're going to be seeing right after this. I'm looking forward to it. Luke, how big of a Marvel fan are you? Do you... I'm, uh, I'm pretty deep into it, but not fully up to date. I haven't seen um, the last Doctor Strange movie. Okay. Um, but or uh, the last like the Thor's out right now. I haven't seen Thor. Okay. So or the last, last couple of shows. Okay. Um, but I did see Loki, and Loki was the best. So and, that uh, you hit strong there. Like I said last week, you're not missing much, Luke, with the shows recently. I've been yeah. completely agree. The last two shows, yeah, I so. have not been overwhelmed yeah. with at all. Yeah, Moon Knight, I didn't see either, but. Hated it. I do love Oscar Isaac. I was hoping. I love Oscar Isaac. The problem was not him. I can tell you that right now. The show was not Oscar Isaac's fault. <laughs> he actually did a great job in a role that was built, in my opinion, yeah, to fail. That's a tough role that he did, for sure. I thought he did a great job. Um, but So, like I said, everything on, on Twitter so far has been very positive, which makes me feel good. I'm looking forward to watching that later. 
Um, a little bit of news related to Hulk, but not She-Hulk directly. Uh, a lot of rumors flying around in the streets this week that at the end of this calendar year, just like Marvel and Disney did with the Fantastic Four, they're going to be buying the individual rights to the Hulk from Universal. So basically, they'll be able to make a Hulk-themed movie. It'll be named after him and all of that good stuff. And they're expecting that to happen at the beginning of 2023. Uh, the rumors have so much like heat behind them that they actually, I don't know if it was TMZ or a different source, they actually got um, Mark Ruffalo on camera uh, this week and asked him how would he feel about doing a World War Hulk movie or a different uh, comic strip-themed movie about himself with him being the, the lead. And he said, whenever they want, I'm there. So to me, this is good news for two reasons. Number one being that since Endgame, I have not enjoyed what they've done with the Hulk. The smashing of Bruce Banner and the Hulk into one body, basically making him an oversized, overly strong, overly green human, I don't really like. I think that to me, Bruce Banner and the Hulk are two separate personalities. They're supposed to be sharing almost one body there. It's a personality there. And I would like to get back to that. Uh, you know, the Hulk that we saw in the first Avengers movie, in Ragnarok. And I think giving him a solo project along with the She-Hulk show, I think that we can get the Hulk back to what he should be. I think I, they literally just turned him into a punchline. Unpopular take, but I didn't mind the, the mixed Hulk. See, there you go. I mean, That's why we're here. being big so, with the personality of himself, I didn't mind it. I, I just, like I said, it, the Hulk and Bruce Banner are literally supposed to be like two separate people almost sharing one body. You know what I mean? That's why I didn't like it. With that move, it eliminated the Hulk. It's just Bruce Banner. But I'm hoping that, like I said, with the movie and the show, maybe we can do some things and we can get back to the way the Hulk's supposed to be. The second reason why I'm excited is because right now there is a shit ton of the passing of the torches at Marvel. Captain America just handed the shield down to Falcon. Black Widow to Yelena Belova, Hawkeye to Kate Bishop, Iron Man to uh, Iron Heart. With all of that happening, I think it's very important that we keep a couple of the original characters, the original heroes that we already have a relationship with, that we already love in the story and invested in the story. Whether it's Hulk, Thor, Loki, I think some of those guys need to stick around. Yeah, I need that. Otherwise, I'm not going to be watching, just me personally. I think a lot of people are in that boat. I don't think you're alone in that. So I think if Disney and Marvel are going to go through all the money, first of all, to buy the rights from Universal and then, you know, go out and make a movie, I don't think it's going to be just a one-off. I don't think they're going to do that to end the Hulk storyline. To me, that's a sign that the Hulk and Mark Ruffalo are going to be around for a while, which I think is a good thing. Like I said, I think we need some characters to be sticking around. So that intrigues me off the top. Uh, secondly, the next bit of news that got me interested was Amazon released the viewing schedule for The Rings of Power. Let's go. Which I think everyone's pretty excited here for. We're all Lord of the Rings fans. Luki, those are that's another uh, set of books that you've plowed through, right? Yep, yep. Uh, it's been a while since I read those ones, but, uh, but yeah. Read, Still love them? Read those. Love the movies, obviously. Oh, of course. And, uh, yeah, can't wait. So we have two episodes coming on the premiere day. September 2nd, we're going to get a double pop premiere, which I love. I love the two pop premiere. I feel like every single time, it's just one episode. I'm always just like itching for more. So I think a nice, like, if it's an hour each, it's a full two hours, it's basically a feature-length movie to star. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I love the two-part premiere. Yeah. You, you got to do it. I love it. Uh, and then the other thing that really interested me was that they are going to be using the Eastern time zone for their schedule, which is different from Netflix and Disney+. Plus. Disney+, Plus and Netflix both work on West Coast time. 
So basically, any day that the new episode would drop, say Mandalorian, She-Hulk, whatever it is, it would drop at 3 a.m. Eastern Time, midnight on the West Coast. Amazon is going to be using East Coast, which means that we'll be getting the episode here right at midnight. Now, I'm never going to stay up to 3 a.m. to watch anything. Even if I really wanted to, I would fall asleep. I just don't have that capability. Midnight, however, I might be able to do, especially if this show is as good as I'm hoping that it'll be. Especially come, you know, finale time, maybe. If it's like, all right, we're going to have a big-ass finale. I can see myself staying up till midnight to watch that. You know what I mean? Thursday, you only got Friday left at work. Who cares if you're tired on Friday, right? Yeah, they're going yeah, to get a lot of people that way, for sure. I, I think so. Yeah, even like uh, Mandalorian, I think maybe Disney does like 2 a.m. or something. It's 3. Yeah, it's 3. Yeah, it's West, West Coast. So even with that, I've, yeah. I've stayed up once or twice for those. Really? But, no kidding. But like you're saying, the 12 is going to be much more achievable. It's like maybe every week rather than just the one you have to see. Power to you, bro. I could never do I mean, unless I took like a nap, you know what yeah. I mean, got a quick siesta in from, you know, 11 to 2 and then set an alarm. But I probably would just fall asleep again. <laughs> it is late. It is late. That is. I can't believe it. I've, I've heard some other people on Twitter that do it, but I'm like, dude, I couldn't. Not at least, at least if I have Fridays off, maybe, but right. if I'm going to work on Friday, there's no way I'm staying up till 3 to watch it. But uh, both those things interest me a lot. Uh, next, on Tuesday, for my fellow Cobra Kai fans, we got a nice surprise. We got the first official trailer for Cobra Kai Season 5. I think it'll surprise absolutely nobody. I thought the trailer was fucking awesome. And it got me more excited than I already am. Uh, this season, to me, based off of the trailer, looks like we are raising the stakes a little bit this season. I feel like the first two seasons, we were dealing with very minute things. Bullying, you know, getting tougher, kind of learning to stand up for yourself in high school, dealing with your peers, stuff like that. Three and four... Kids were starting to get pretty talented. We were like, all right, let's see who the best fighter is now. You know what I mean? We're all pretty skilled here. Now, season five, it feels like we are in an all-out war for the Valley. How did we get to season five, I feel like? I feel like this flew by, by the way. I was thinking about it. Because they're amazing there. They pump these seasons out so fast, and they're all so good. That's why I keep saying how amazing. These showrunners are the best. They're unbelievable. They literally, for those of you guys that don't know, the guys that are writing Cobra Kai for my fellow Cobra Kai fans, the guys that got the job writing this show got the show because they were making fan like fan page YouTube about like, the Karate Kid and Cobra Kai, and people at YouTube were like, "These videos are unbelievable! Like, do you guys want to like make a series?" And sure enough, on YouTube TV is where it started with the Cobra Kai thing. They hired them to do it just because they were huge, huge fans. It's crazy. It almost thinks like you know I was kind of saying last week. It's almost like taking fan fiction and they just were hired to do it. It's literally like almost like what am I dreaming? You know what I mean? They're just such huge fans of something. They decided to screw around, make some videos, make some content about something that they love. The next thing you know, they're getting hired to write what I think now is one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah, I love that show. And if there's one thing I can say, Robbie better win the All Valley Championship this year. That guy has been screwed over so many times. It's unbelievable. Nobody cares. Nobody loves him. Not his only, not, not even his own daddy loves him. Right. <laughs> He needs to win this tournament. He needs Sounds to like he deserves it to me. He does. he does. While everything that Los just said was completely <laughs> accurate, uh, I hope absolutely none of it comes to fruition. Uh, the hair sucks. He's awful. He is my second to least favorite character on the show behind LaRusso's daughter, who is just insufferable to watch. I hope that they never win anything and continue to lose in perpetuity. But the trailer was pretty awesome. Like I said, I, I really, really enjoyed it. There was a couple things I took away. Um... 
I mean, Terry Silva is pulling out all the stops. He just won the All Valley. Cobra Kai has got control of the dojos. He is pulling in senseis from all over the world, which I think looks pretty cool. Then we got LaRusso calling in Chosen. We're going to have a LaRusso uh, Chosen Johnny Trifecta Sensei going on at Miyagi-Do, Eagle Fang, or whatever, which I think is going to be sick. Uh, Johnny Lawrence, based on the trailer, looks like he's up to his old shenanigans again. He's quit senseiing. He's now driving an Uber in an awesome minivan that's spray-painted Eagle Fang. Just a little drinking and driving. Just a little drinking and driving for the Ubers. I love it. Um, and then the two, if you go by, you know, kind of frame by frame, if you take it slow, two things stuck out to me. One of them was that we're going to, for the first time, see Robbie, Miguel, and Hawk all training at one dojo together. Since the show started, they've never all been aligned on one side. They've constantly been battling basically against one another. And now it seems like they're all going to kind of come together to form a trifecta to try and take down Cobra Kai, which to me seems pretty cool. I feel like Cobra Kai is going to be at all-time strength right now. That's why they're bringing in the big guns. They're all coming together. Cobra Kai is looking very big. The thing that can, like, makes me curious, though, is now they only have like two characters that we really, quote-unquote, care about that are with Cobra Kai. we got Tori and then uh, Kenny Payne. And to me, I think Tori's already got one foot out the door. I think that she knows that Terry set up the All-Valley Championship I think these new senseis based on the trail look like they're going to be pretty damn tough. I think she still has feelings for Miguel. I think that she is going to be the straw that bakes the camel's back and takes down Cobra Kai. I think she's going to be doing some backstabbing this season, my girl Tori. Yeah, I love Tori. I love her. Peyton List is awesome. She's a bad she's B. Yeah, she is. She, she's she's awesome. I love her. I love her and her. Actually, shout out to her and Talk, who are my two like pretty much favorite characters on the show. Not only are they both all Valley champions, they also happen to be dating in real life. So that's when you know that things are going good for this. Guy. I loved Hawk's story. Oh, it's the it's the, the, it's whole, the, the best story movie. on the show. Yeah, it's the, you know, the he had rise his, and fall. He had of Hawk's his lows, the best. and then he just he just rose to his power, and he was great. To think that he started as the kid with a cleft in his lip, like the nerdy kid, and then he's he's Hawk. He's all Valley champion. You know what I, I mean? Love he's, the I love Hawk. He's unbelievable. And then the second one was a combination of characters that I didn't even realize that I needed until I saw it on the screen in the trailer. Johnny Lawrence and Chosen together. That is going to be electric, I think. I think that their characters are going to bounce off each other perfectly. I think in a, a different world, if Chosen had been born in America and lived in the United States, I think he would have been an awesome Cobra Kai. I think he was, I think he's a lot of Cobra Kai in that guy. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the two of them together, I think are going to lead to some good kick-ass and funny scenes. I think they're going to do some work together. So that really, really interests me. That's coming September 9th. I cannot wait. It cannot come fast enough. I can't believe that's already coming September 9th. September that's, 9th. Nine crazy. months after the unbelievable season four that we got on New Year's Eve. And we got more coming. We have we know that we have at least a sixth season. Uh, they haven't announced. They, they said that they have the, the five and six. They already had it planned out. So they already shot five. Six is going to be shooting soon. They don't have necessarily any plans in the works yet. But... I mean, if they have more story to tell, how do you say no to these guys? Especially if you're Netflix, you know what I mean? It's just an entertaining show. It is the definition of entertaining. I see them probably going about seven or eight seasons, me personally. I think so. Call quits. They're also making a very conscious effort to keep introducing younger new characters. So now we have young LaRusso. He's only like maybe a freshman in high school or something like that. But the All Valley's under 18. So a lot of these kids, we know they get into their senior year. So they're going to be basically unable to compete. Does that mean that their characters end? No. Like, could one of them end up being a sensei? I could definitely see that. Sensei Hawk sounds yeah. sick to me. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. It sets them up to be senseis for the future. They're raising up the next generation. 
end it there. That sounds about right. I think so. Kenny Payne's obviously another young kid that they just introduced last season, whose story I liked. I think they tried to mirror Miguel's a little bit with him, kind of being the new kid, A, being bullied, B, finding the dojo, you know what I mean, trying to – and he instantly was clearly very talented. I mean, I think he got to, like, the final eight in the uh, the All-Valley, and he put up a good fight there. Uh, who do you – oh, he lost to Robbie. That's right. Yeah, Robbie ended up kicking his ass, though. Robbie yeah, gave him Robbie, a whooping. Uh, dude, he better win this year. I'm going to be so mad if he doesn't. I'm also going to be so mad if he does. <laughs> I can't wait. The yeah, opposite. You guys actually, like – Love and hate the same guy? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I love that. I talked so much crap to Nick over the past years, and unfortunately, Robbie still hasn't won, but he's going to. He's going to eventually. Unfortunately, he's I hate to say it, but they all make so it. Many, so many times. Yeah, well, like you said, too, you everyone screwed him over. Literally, his entire life, he's been yeah. screwed over he by everyone. He gets a new daddy, and then his new daddy screws him over. It's unbelievable. Do most it's, people like him, or do most people not like him? Like, who's the... Ooh. Who's going against the crowd here? Or, I think or is it just a split? If I had to, this is all based on assumption. But if I had to guess, if you polled Cobra Kai fans, I bet you that Robbie would test above average with females and below oh. average with males. That's what my take. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Makes perfect sense for Kai. He's a pretty kid. I mean, he's got a great head of hair. He's a pretty kid. He's also got abs on ass. seen the hair? If you haven't, you got to. The, Unbelievable. The he, he's a good-looking kid, so I, I guarantee there's a lot of girls that are all about him that love him. He's also, like Lo said, he does have, you know, that underdog story, kind of the sad boy story. Yeah, I mean, nobody's helped him. Everyone keeps telling them they're going to help him, and then they end up just letting him down. That's just, also it, the, entire, the entire show has been Robbie trying to find somebody that he can rely on. Con- yeah, consistently. Yeah, Every, and, even like Larusso, he was dating yeah, Larusso. She screwed him over. He's just looking for somebody that he can rely on. His own mother, like never being there, like unbelievable. True. He just yeah. no parents. Yeah. yeah, and and constantly he's let down by every single person. All of his senses. Yeah. You're not wrong. I feel for him. I'm rooting for him. Let's go. You're not wrong. And he should have won last year, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) No, he should have. Yeah, he should have. Hawk, baby. We all know how that went. We all know how it went. But, like I said, September 9th, that's coming. I cannot wait. I think we're in for a really, really good season. And, I mean, if you didn't see the first episode, if you haven't watched Cobra Kai, do yourself a favor. And go and watch it. Uh, yeah. Would you have to start season one, or is it yeah, one you could jump in on? No, yeah, no, jump right in on season. I mean, you don't I'd have be, to, but you should. It's such a good watch. Every season's so enjoyable. They're it's they're quick seasons too. They're like uh, I think they're all like ten episodes, and they're only like thirty minute ep- uh, thirty minute episodes. So. Yeah. You can be. I'm envious. Me. I'm honest, envious. I wish I could be watch it from the beginning. Absolutely, first time because it's just that good. It yeah. really is. I'll get on it. Just talking about it just brings a smile on my face. I right. love that show. Yes, yeah, that's a clearly it's passionate. Perfect, love perfect this, yeah. amount of corny. It's it's great. It's it's funny. It's it corny. knows exactly what it is. Yeah. It just it does a great job, and the storytelling is never ever lazy. Like I like I said, I predicted a year in advance that Hawk was going to win the All Valley this year, and like I said, it was in jest. Like I mean, it was mostly in jest. You know what I mean? It was like me wishful thinking, kind of being hopeful. I didn't actually think for a second in the world that they were going to make him the champion. Great writing. You know what I mean? Who saw that one coming? I cannot wait. Um, next up, we, me and Los, and my girl Stephanie, and Los's parents, this past Monday, decided to go by the theater and check out Bullet Train, which I must say, going into it, I had virtually no expectations, minimal expectations. It seemed like another 
just traditional summer blockbuster action movie. You know, explosions, cool fights, Brad Pitt as a star. It was so much more than that. Yeah, I loved it personally. I mean, I for the second time, we actually mentioned it again. Uh, I hate to keep going back, but we mentioned it for the unbearable weight of massive talent. We said that the trailer totally undersold the movie, and I think this is another case of that. I think the trailer basically built it up just to be another action movie with some cool scenes, you know what I mean? Go check it out in the theater or whatever. Go see it on the big screen. And it was so, so much more than that. Yeah, I, I took it personally from the trailer that it was just going to be a lot of action, just a, you know, a summer blockbuster, Brad Pitt doing his thing. But it was, it was much more than that. And it was I mean, pretty good. first off, it was hilarious. I found myself laughing, I would say, through a majority of the movie. Yeah, Brad Pitt was great. Um, love, love Brad Pitt. Oh, he's always great. Always great. I would say, aside Brad Pitt, while he was awesome, uh, Aaron Taylor, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, and then uh, Brian Tyree Henry as yeah, Lemon and Tangerine. To me, they stole the show. I could have done as soon as the movie ended. I said to Steph, I was like, I could do a whole series, even if it's just like a mini series, eight episodes or whatever, of the Adventures of Lemon and Tangerine. For sure, yeah, their their chemistry was great. Oh my god, they cracked me up. Uh, they play a, basically a pair of brothers who are contracts for hire, but they have such good banter back and forth. They're hilarious the entire movie. I felt like every time they were on the screen, I couldn't look away. I was like captivated by it. I just wanted more of them. Um, also, what the trailer does not show you at all, or anything will show you at all. This movie is a full-blown mystery, which I was not expecting at all, and I absolutely loved. It's a full case of who done it, who's on whose side, who's behind this. There was a bunch of twists and turns at the end, all of which I thought hit. There was not one single twist or turn at the end of that movie that I thought was just in there for, like, twist's sake. I felt all I of them hit really, really well. You agree? Uh, absolutely, 100%. I just, there was not, I feel like nowadays you'll see shows and movies kind of almost want to do a twist at the end just to do a twist, to be shocking, you know what I mean? And sometimes it doesn't hit. These, I thought, played really, really well within the story, and I was like, oh, shit, like, I like that. That's That makes sense. It played. I love it. I didn't see that coming kind of a thing. Uh, so that was really, really, really awesome. I would also say the action sequences were still superb. So it was a great movie to see on the big screen. Uh, so if you want, go check it out. Also, the cameos were unbelievable. It was cameos. cameos galore, which obviously they're not going to ruin in a trailer. But it's the kind of thing when you're sitting in the movie theater and all of a sudden it's just like, whoa. That guy was just, I knew who that guy was for 30 seconds. And then it's like, you know, a couple minutes later, oh my God, hey, look at this. It's that guy for 30 seconds. I'm not going to give anything away. I'm going to try to keep it spoiler free. But the cameos had me dying. People, big name people. 30-second scenes, minute scenes. It was hysterical. I couldn't stop laughing. I personally love when movies get A-list stars to just have the most random cameos in movies. It just makes me laugh, and I love it. I so agree. Much. I actually, I always find that. I really do. I always it just cracks me up. I don't know why. It just, It's just like, wow, this guy took the time out of his day to go do this ridiculous little cameo for a movie. But it's just, it makes me laugh. Because they're friends. I love that. It shows that they're like real people. They're like us. You know what I mean? Like, um, actually, we were kind of shooting the shit a little bit before the show started kind of going over topics and stuff and we were talking about this and Luke mentioned uh, the Deadpool 2 scene with, with Brad Pitt actually where he gets electrocuted um, and he's literally if you blink 
you will miss Brad Pitt's appearance in the movie. It's it's one second because he plays the Invisible Man, and you don't you don't see him until he gets electrocuted. Right. Yeah. So it's like it's the perfect thing where it's like. I mean, that just shows that they're friends, you know what I mean? That's the kind of thing where Ryan Reynolds probably just shoots Brad Pitt at text. He's like, hey, buddy, you want to, like, fucking just come screw around in my movie with me for, like, ten seconds and just, like, make a quick appearance? And he's like, sure, why not? That's only a good time. I'm pretty sure there's a real story to that one, and it's it's pretty much exactly like that. Yeah? I, I think he did it for, like, a cup of coffee or something. No kidding. I, I'm pretty sure. I, I've, uh, if we have another topic after this one between, before uh, House of the Dragon, I'll, I'll find yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Um... For, uh, you know, I just read recently, uh, along the same lines, though, kind of friends in Hollywood kind of thing, we're on the topic, is Matiti, who directs the Thor movies. He's the man. I love him. Uh, yeah, he's hysterical. He plays Korg. Have you seen the other Thor movies? Yes. Uh, he yeah, plays, Ragnarok. He, like, voice Korg and stuff. Yeah. He's like my favorite character in the world. I love that guy. Yeah. But uh, for actually for Thor Ragnarok, uh, I can't think of his actual name. The guy that plays Billy the Butcher from The Boys, uh, I can't think of his name. It's skipping my mind right now. Yeah, I'm not sure. But he is in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, he basically Carl helps Urban Helena. or something. Yes, yeah. thank you. He helps Helen out, and he was saying for that movie, he took, like Tita literally just called him on the phone, and he said, "Hey, I got this role. It's a really awesome role. Do you want to come play around and have some fun with me?" And he was just like, "Oh!" And he actually, and he mentioned he'd be working alongside Kate Blanchett. He's like, "Oh, you're gonna be playing this role. You'd be working alongside Kate Blanchett." Didn't even tell him the story. Didn't even tell him the story. Just I have this cool role. Do you want to come play with me? And he was just like, "Yeah, I don't need to read anything. I'll be there. Sounds good." And I was just like, "That's awesome, Carl Urban." Yes, Carl Urban. Thank you. Yes. So he was—he literally was just like, "Yep, don't even need to read the script. I'm in. Uh, give me a plane ticket. I'm ready to go. I don't even care how big or small the role is. I don't care what movie it is. I don't even care. You're my guy. If you say it's gonna be fun, I'm there. Yeah, I love shit like that. Yeah. I think that just shows, like, you know, it's still—it's it, even though these guys are all super famous, it's still a bit of a boys' club. You know what I mean? They're all just kind of like trying to get their boys to come help them out, have a good time, shoot the shit. Right. Probably go have a good time when they're done shooting at night, potty it up a little bit and stuff like that. It's awesome. I love it. How we like to think we would be if we were... Oh, absolutely. Let me tell you something. If by God willing this freaking podcast blows up, I'm going to be chilling with you guys all the same still. We're just going to be having a better time in better places doing better things. (laughs) Uh, So, as I told you guys on Sunday, and I guess the beginning of this show, sort of, the reason why my friend Luke is here is to break down the House of the Dragon series. He is a aficionado on all things Westeros. Uh, before we dive into that in just a minute, that's what we're going to be spending our, uh, the majority of our episode with, is going to be previewing the House of the Dragon. I want to just hit you guys with my two recommendations now off the top before I forget. Uh, I'm going to keep it short and quick this week. I got two shows for you guys. Uh, both of them are currently running on air right now. They're two shows that I'm watching and that I'm thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying. Um, they're both just fun, easygoing watches that you can just kick your feet up and enjoy. Uh, the first one is The Rehearsal on HBO. There's currently five episodes out. It is from comedian Nathan Fielder, who you guys might possibly know from his previous show that ran for three seasons, Nathan For You. He's hilarious. He is uh, hilarious. Very unique comedy. Very unique. Some people comedy. think he's like, you know, useless to watch, but some people oh, just I, love him. I cannot imagine that. If anything, the guy's the, the definition of he, He's so useful. <laughs> I, I love him. I love him. Trades, it feels some people like just don't get it though. A unique brain. That's true. I can see the show not being for everybody. It's it's a, I guess a particular brand. But like I said, it's a fun, easy going. It's very wacky. Cool. It's very different. Um, basically, in this one, it seems like HBO just gave him an unlimited budget to just go out into the world and find the most awkward, oddball people in the most unique, weird situations. 
and he creates these very, very elaborate, in-depth rehearsals for these people to basically practice their real-life scenarios before they go and do them. It is so awkward and so funny. There was a couple times in one episode, I can't remember which one it was, I was like screaming at the television. I was like, please stop, please stop. You're making me genuinely uncomfortable. Yeah. It was like in a funny way, but I was like, Nathan, you gotta stop, man. Like, you're making me squirm in my skin right hey, now. Hey, Nick, again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like so strange, man. But it was so funny. I couldn't stop laughing. Have you seen, so you've seen Nathan for you? I'm I have, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, the most, yeah, he has all those crazy business ideas. Uh, yes, yeah. yes. So I, I don't know about Los, but I had never seen Nathan for you. I've never seen it. No. You hadn't either. Okay. So I saw the rehearsal was trending on a bunch of things on HBO. So we checked out. I think it was the first like two or three episodes that were out. And we were kind of right away almost kind of addicted. Like, all right, this is hysterical. Give us more. Yeah. And sure enough, I see he's already got a show that lasted for three seasons. So I was like, all right, well, let's dive in. Yeah. We are now already watched the first two seasons in their full capacity of Nathan for you. Uh, and we're on the third one now, so you can. We're nice. fans. Nice. We're fans. Got the, yeah. the poop flavored frozen yogurt. Yep, that one was wild. Uh, for the Nathan for you, I don't know if you remember it, but the one where he has the guy who they basically try to convince the entire United States that he got into great shape by simply moving household items, <laughs> by moving boxes and furniture and stuff like that. Never nice. stepped foot in a gym. It was I was dying laughing. I could not stop laughing. I've never seen somebody scam the news so many times. He gets. He gets everybody on the news constantly. It cracks me up. Yeah. Los, you're so right. I didn't realize how real, like, you know, it's TV still. So you, like, while it's supposed to be real, like, it, you assume it's still somewhat scripted. But then next thing you know, he's showing real clips from, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, dude. Today, the Today Show, uh, you know, Fox News, CNN. He's on all these major, major you news sources. And all these people buy him. I'm like, oh, my God. He's a low-key excellent con artist. He, he is. is. He's the best con artist probably that ever lived. I can't believe it. But, the uh, Starbucks one? Have you, have you seen that one? Yes. Yeah. Uh, stupid Star... Dumb Starbucks? Yeah. Dumb Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> dumb Starbucks. Yeah. Opens it up like right next door hey. to a Starbucks and like hey, it was off a their hit. logos. It was a hit. It was a hit. That was, yeah, that was line that was the door. The and the news was big in that one, yeah. Yeah, they had um, people selling fake merchandise and stuff like that. It was going for like $500 on eBay for a dumb Starbucks hat or a dumb Starbucks cup. That shows how I forgot it was dumb Starbucks. That's great. I wonder how much the Starbucks cup from that Game of Thrones episode went for on eBay. Oh, that yeah, thing yeah. that sold on eBay, man, is that one cup? Right. That thing must have been worth some psychopath like me. They have a big budget, though. Right. I'd pay a lot of money for that Starbucks cup to put it on one of these shelves. Right. Who would even know if it's the real thing or not? Probably people wouldn't believe me, but I'd be like, I'll get a certificate of authentication or something shit like that. Right. George Armand said, this is the real cup, baby. This is it. <laughs> um, but that's the rehearsal, like I said, on HBO. The first five episodes are out. You can go check them out now. Uh, I definitely recommend it. Like I said, nice, just fun, easy going watch. You don't have to even pay overly attention to. You can do it while you're doing something else. You know what I mean? Cleaning up, doing laundry, whatever it is. You can pretty much like listen along and still kind of get the gist of what's going on and laugh along with the show. Uh, the second show is in the second season. The finale is actually coming on Tuesday. It's a show that I'm a big fan of. It's only murders in the building. Uh, what's up? Oh, sorry. Uh, Steve Martin, Marty Short, Selena Gomez, they all live in the same uh, apartment building in New York. They are all fans of true crime podcasts, and they all decide to come together basically and solve a murder that happens in their building in season one. 
and now they're in season two, and basically the, it's kind of repeating itself. But it's still entertaining. It's not as good as season one, but it's still very, very, very entertaining. Uh, it's funny, like I said. It's very just lighthearted fun, you know what I mean? Um, but it's still a good mystery. It's very much, you don't know who done it. You're trying to put some clues together, which I'm all about that stuff. I love, love mystery shows. I love trying to figure out who done it and stuff like that. Um, so that one, like I said, two seasons. The finale is on Tuesday. It's like, you know, 10 episodes that show up. You can get through it real quick. It's an easy, easy watch. It's a fun watch. You can watch it with anybody, too. If there's any parents watching, you can easily watch it with your kids. You can watch it with your parents. You can watch it with anybody. It's a show for everybody. Uh, it's a good watch, though. Lewis is another feel. Lewis, you're a fan of that one. Yeah, too. I like that show. And I think it's funny you say you don't like season two as much because I actually am the opposite. I've, I've thought season two was a little bit better. Season one was a little tough for me to get through, to be honest with you, but season two I've found to be a little bit more engaging. And I, I've enjoyed it a little bit more than season one. So At first I was a little skeptical of the show, but now I'm actually kind of digging it going into season two. You see that, guys? And that is exactly why he is my producer, because we don't exactly have all the same opinions on everything. Even though we're best friends, we actually like to just pretty much butt heads all the time, I guess. <laughs> but no, they're both very enjoyable seasons either way. Like I said, funny, lighthearted, easy watches, you know, nothing too serious. You can watch it with anybody, like I said. So, I guess, with all of that, we are ready to get into the meat of our show. On Sunday, this Sunday night, we return to Westeros. My second home. It's been a while. House of the Dragon. You know, how long has it been? It's been, what, three years? But I feel like that went so fast. Yeah, it did. Like, he, you know, I actually, I think I disagree with, I feel like Game of Thrones feels like it just ended not that long ago. Yeah. Well, I think you said three-ish years, but, but yeah, it, it wasn't, know. wasn't that long ago. I just, I, you know, everyone sees time differently, but I just feel, I don't know if it's maybe because we watched so many goddamn things, maybe, who knows, but I just feel like when it ended, I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to go back here. It's going to feel like it's going to be so long. And now we're here and now I feel like it was a blink of an eye. I, I feel like the, the finale, that awful friggin' finale. <laughs> just happened you know which for those of you that didn't see on twitter me and kalos actually basically accidentally watched the finale again this week for the first time in a while and boy i remember it being bad i do not remember it being as awfully unwatchable as it was that finale yeah i appreciated it for what it was somewhat at the time because it's the finale like you hype yourself up I so agree. much for it but oh man I agree with you it was it was tough watching that finale I don't know in hindsight sometimes things you know oh that wasn't as bad as I remember it like it let me down at the time but now it's not so bad no 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 this was the opposite of that this was worse I was like screaming at my television all over again but it's rough <laughs> you know, the congregation rough. that they have at the end when when they uh, it is one of the brand as, as yeah, the, the great council. <laughs> it's so thing. bad. Yeah. Oh my god, dude, I couldn't get over. He has it. the we best story though. He has the best story. Uh, <laughs> he wasn't in an entire season. <laughs> I'm just joking. That's just what. That was that reason. That was why he's king. He has the best story. It was so oh, funny. Lo said that when we were watching it. He goes, "The kid with the best story, straight up, was not in a full season of the show. Yeah, just." Just wasn't in like twelve episodes. Just wasn't in season four. Just completely just erased his character basically from the show. He was trained to be the three eyed raven or whatever. But yeah, you're king now. (laughs) Why do you think I came all this way, bro? Yeah, yeah. He already knew they were going to pick him. He saw it coming. So 
We got House of the Dragon starting on Sunday. We are about 200 years, I believe, right? About yep. 200 years before the events of Game of Thrones. This is going to be right after, basically, not right after, but shortly after Aegon's conquest of uh, the throne. The Targaryens are on top. They're in the height of their power. And we are going to be witnessing what they mentioned a few times in the series, the Dance of Dragons. Yeah, that is, if, uh, if you've watched the show, you definitely know that it's, uh, it's this big civil war that took place, like you said, about 200 years before, uh, before the events of Game of Thrones, and it was when all the dragons died out. All the Targaryens and all the dragons all killed each other, and there were still some Targaryen kings for a few generations, all the way up until the Mad King that we know from the show, too, but, um, right. but it did kill all the dragons, and they went Significantly they went from, probably weakened the family, Yeah, I they imagine, went from right? 30 or 40... Targaryens and half Targaryens to like a handful. A handful yeah. yeah, I did not know that. Yep, yeah. yep. That's when they they died out. There's a few possible wild dragons after the dance, but mostly. Now that is intriguing. Now yeah. that stuff I don't see right away. There you go. I already don't know that. Some wild. I like that. I like yeah. the sound of that. Yeah, George could still bring them back in the the Thrones book series. There's a couple couple random ones. Nice. So we'll see. Nice. Like we said, we do know that Westeros is going to be expanding, so they're going to be doing a lot. So I would. They're gonna. They already like have the Jon Snow, which is gonna be the after series. I can't imagine that we're gonna be doing things without dragons. Right. I mean, we know at least Drogon's alive in that. But yeah. uh, so what we did is we printed. I I got a list here of uh, of the names of the basically the main 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 characters that are gonna be in House of the Dragon. Uh, so hopefully we're gonna run through those. Luki's gonna tell us a little bit about those guys, what we can expect from them, kind of relate them to people we maybe we've seen in Game of Thrones already. Uh, we're gonna be talking about some of the, maybe some of the conflicts, maybe some episodes that you should rewatch if you want, and just some stuff like that. So, where do you want to start off, Luki? Uh, so I don't want to get too technical or anything, and also don't want to give too much away because uh, I agree. Yeah, we don't want to give away any like you know heavy heavy spoilers of things we might might see. You know, right. because the the stuff that I learned about all this from is it's basically a history book. But, okay, um, it's it's interesting because it's an in world history book. So it's a it's a book that would have existed for people to read that live in the game a of good Thrones. old high school history textbook. Yeah, so it's like written by an archmaster who exists in in Game of Thrones. Um, so because of that, it is taken from a lot of different sources and uh, like you guys know from history class, history is written by the winners. So ah, there's, yes. a, there's a lot of bias the quote right there. Yes. yes. There's a lot of bias and uh, so all the things in this textbook, even though it's a textbook, might not be all on the up and up. For sure. Like um like even the this other one that's under here that you've read, the, yep. the World uh, of yep. Ice and Fire. This is a that one was a history book written for Tommen Baratheon. Correct, yes. And so because of that there's Tywin had that one written, I believe, right? Yep. And yeah, so because of that there's no bad talk about incest or pretty much, it's a, it's very censored towards like the favorable history for Not the my kind of book. Right. Exactly. Not my kind of book. <laughs> exactly. We want all a scandal. <laughs> we know Nick loves it. I mean, if you're going to be talking Targaryens and Lannisters, we got to be talking incest. I mean, it's just the way it is. Like, yeah, you can't tell a story without all the pots. You know what I'm saying? Come on now. Well, it will definitely be incest in uh, House of the Dragon. We have uh, the sister wives, all that shit going on with the Targaryens. They're all, uh, if you guys don't remember that, they pretty much all marry each other. They keep the bloodline strong so they can keep riding dragons. And so that, yeah, there's uh, pure different baby. from a Keeping few hundred years pure. ago in this very world we live in anyway. Yeah, Crazy. very true. Yeah. You're not wrong. Keep the bloodlines pure. Fire and blood, baby. Fire and blood. 
Um, so, so yeah, let's give like a basic overview. I'll run through like the, the setup of like the two sides to the dance. And, yeah, where, uh, where do you let's, uh, where like, do you think the show's gonna start off? Let's put let's let's go there. Where do you think we're gonna open up with? What's yeah. your prediction for where do you think we're gonna, the show's gonna open? All right. So just to recap what you said earlier, uh, the way the years work in that universe is uh, year zero is when Aegon the Car- the Conqueror, the first Targaryen to come to Westeros, conquered Westeros. Um, so. So that's our, our BC AD timeline. Right, so that's us. the year zero. Aegon's conquests. Yep, zero. so every, everything after that is something AC after conquest. Got it. Um, and the stuff in Game of Thrones is the two ninety year 298 AC. That's uh, season one. Okay. Um, what we're going to be looking at is about probably starting in the year 101 AC. Okay. Um, and that's going to be as uh, one of the best kings who ever ruled for, the, for Westeros, Jaehaerys, is starting to die. And uh, his two heirs just died as well, um, and so there's like a lot of a lot of it up in the air of who's going to take the next spot, and uh, they are going to host this big event called the Great Council. Um, so unlike Brand the Broken's Council, <laughs> where there's like ten people who all of the Starks there, yeah, um, it's gonna it's literally a thousand different lords from all around the, oh, wow. the realm, yeah, gathering of all the families, yeah, yeah. yeah the mob uh-huh. days, exactly. It uh, it took over six months for everybody to gather there. Oh man! And even as, um, even after they decided everything and people were leaving, there were still people showing up. Wow! So it was just like you missed it. Yeah, well, yeah. They, quite the serious decision. Yeah. And they held it at Harren Hall, which from the show that's like the biggest, baddest. Uh, For those of you that don't remember, Harren Hall was that burnt down, just crap debris city. Right. It was passed down. Hand- How many times that city passed down in Game of Thrones? A lot. There's like five or six different people that get that thing. Yeah. There's another five or ten in, in this 50 years here, too. It's, they do say it's it cursed. Is. That's why it's haunted, right? Yeah, there yeah, you go. It's cursed, cursed for yeah. sure. All right. Um, so I think we're going to start there. Um, and George R. R. Martin confirmed that that part is going to be in the show. They do cool. kind of give you a um, a peek of it in the previews, too. Okay. Um, but it's going to be the best way to introduce you to all the characters because everybody in the whole realm is going to be there. Um, probably a lot of the dragons will be there as well. And, now, see, uh, that makes a lot of sense to me to do something like that because mostly because of the way season one of Game of Thrones went. It was such an introduction because there's so many families and so many places and so many names. It was a lot of introduction to all these families. So I could see something like that working really well, almost to kind of shorten that up a little bit maybe. Yep. If we get all these faces that we're going to be dealing with in one huge meeting to open up the show... This is the everybody is. That makes a lot of sense to me. I like that. Sure. Yeah, and I, I think that's probably where they're going to start. Uh, we'll see how fast they go from there. If they, um, you know, if they quickly accelerate to the Dance of the Dragons that we were talking about, um, because that that was in 129 AC. So okay, we're, like I said, we're starting like 10 101. Uh, the actual Dance of the Dragons doesn't start until 129. Okay, so we have about 28 years to go. Yeah, and uh, it's not really clear what they're gonna. Where they're going to finish. Um, if they're planning to do multiple seasons, they could really just barely start the Dance of the Dragons by the end of this season. Okay. Save that for the coming seasons, but we'll see. We'll see what they do. I could see them doing that, too. I, again, just based off of what they did with Game of Thrones, season one was a very big introduction before things really started to pop off big time in season two. Season two, you get the Battle of Blackwater, stuff like that. So that would make sense that I could see the, the more heavy dance, the full-blown dragon versus dragon that stuff coming later on down the road in season two. For sure. And uh, that actually goes perfectly with uh, this quote from the showrunner. He was saying, uh, this guy, Ryan Condal, he said, quote, We're telling a story of a generational war. We set everything up so by the time that the first stro- sword stroke falls, you understand all of the players. So, I like that. So I think they're going to really play up those 30 years, even though most of the drama is going to be the dance. I, 
of the Dragons, which is the just three years. It's 129 to 132. Yep. Um, they're going to really stretch out that build up and make sure you know why people are mad and who they are. Okay. Do you um, think there's any chance that we're going to be doing, say, two different time periods at one time? I think so. Um, they might start with just straight up doing the oldest things first and then start shifting to flashbacks from there. Yep. Telling um, two stories at one time kind of a thing. Right. I think they will start just with like the main story being 101. Yep. And then going from there. But we'll, we'll see. Really don't know. Um, we know that that is in it. And George said that's about where it's going to start. Um, cool. They could do some flashback stuff saying like the whole come up of Jaharis. Yep. Like I said, he was like the best king ever. He ruled for 55 years. Built the King's Road. 55 years back then must have been a good damn run, man. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like if you live 55 years, you're doing good. If you yeah, were a no good kidding. king for 55 years, god damn, bro. Yeah. Yep. Age 14, he took the throne. 14-year-old king. Yep. And he's yep. one of the best Westeros has ever seen, ladies yep. and gentlemen. Him and his sister wife. <laughs> Him and his sister wife. Like I said, this is my kind of show. <laughs> right. <laughs> but really, they, they were great. They were great. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's... Uh, and the that great... Um, Great Council um, also sets up um, some of the drama because there's a lot of other people that want the throne there, obviously. Um, so yeah, that's, I can imagine that's if you bring initial... together that many lords and ladies, there's going to be a lot of power-hungry people in that group. Right. It's a, it's a showdown between like the granddaughter of his first son versus the grandson of his second son. So it's like, do you go through the bloodline of the first son or do you... I don't know. It, it's a tricky... They both feel like they have a claim. Um they both probably have some decent arguments on yeah. their side. But but he ends up going with uh, with his, the, the second guy, not the woman. The woman, uh, Rhaenys, gets pissed off about it, obviously. And she ends up, she's the older Targaryen that you saw in the trailers. Okay. Um, and she's going to be a key key person. In, she looks in like game. she's going to be a player. Yep, she has a dragon. She's, Little, she's a badass. She's a dragon. Yep. Interesting. She yep. does not look like a dragon rider to me, but she's a dragon rider. Yep. Interesting. Uh, yep. And it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty much a big family of dragon riders. It's like, because if you're oh. a dragon rider, you still have to have a little bit of battle, you know, in your in your body, right? You got to know sure. how to swing a sword or whatever it is, right? Probably. I don't know. I would have to imagine because I mean, if something goes at wrong, be ready. all of a sudden, you got to have some kind of, you know, at least some pre- 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 preparation. Yeah. You know, yeah, at least got to have the guts to go into full battle and like. I would say so. And flying, yeah, thousands. Well, of feet you know, and, again, actually, now that I say that. I guess Daenerys didn't really have any battle skills, and she was always out there riding around causing havoc. So maybe not. It's true. Yeah. Seems like the dragons do a lot of the work. That is interesting. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I, like I said, I did not anticipate her based off the, just the trailers for her to be a dragon rider. But I do. I like that. That's very interesting. Right. So that's where you think we're going to be starting off. Yeah. So you think Dance of Dragons might not happen until the second season? We do know that we're getting seventeen dragons in total in this show. Uh, I've heard that we're not going to see all seventeen in the first season. Yep, I saw nine was the, the article I read. Nine uh, in the first I think that was the showrunners that said that, too. Interesting. Yep. Now, for any of you that might not have known, earlier this afternoon, today is Thursday, by the way, uh, Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon or HBO, however you want to call it, they just released their very last teaser trailer for the House of the Dragon. It was only like 53 seconds long, and boy, did HBO know exactly what they were doing with this one because it was just balls to the walls. Yeah, 53, 53 seconds. seconds of heat. Yeah, no, pun intended. Pun intended. <laughs> there was just dragon fire raining down. It definitely looked like multiple different dragons. They looked very different from one another. Very but cool. there was dragons galore. Which, my first takeaway as soon as I see all this is, 
I, I see this is just a trailer, and we're getting all these dragons flying around, all this CGI, and these same exact people basically told me that we couldn't get Ghost in the last season of Game of Thrones because we couldn't pay for the CGI. We couldn't pay for a wolf, but we can get fifty-seven dragons all flying. Or it's fine. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Weak, weak excuse. <laughs> I think they, they know that wasn't. Just there. for him to show up beyond the wall right at the end, and John's going to go, "Here, boy, what's going on? Give you a little scratch." And <laughs> 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 fucking loser. Should have been tearing out throats the whole time. Yeah, no kidding. He, how useful would he have been in some of those battles there? You know what I mean? Come on. Uh, so let's talk about a couple of these characters that we are going to be seeing some more of. Tell us a little bit about what we can expect. Kind of like right. I said, maybe give us a relation or something like that. Let's start at the very top with the guy who looks like he is going to be one of the main characters. He's one of the most notable actors on the show. And he looks like a certified badass from the trailers. Uh, is Matt Smith, who is going to be playing Prince Damon Targaryen. What can we expect from Prince Damon? Yeah, so he is uh, probably going to be the most fun character to watch. He's he's totally the wild card. Um, he is the younger brother of King Viserys, who is the guy who um, he won the Great Council. Okay. That's who they chose at the Great Council, was King Viserys. Okay. Good um, king? Um, he's a good king, yeah. Good king? Yep. Um, okay. Everything kind of gets goes to shit after he dies, but uh, during his reign, he was good. Um, okay, so his death is what's, what's going to kind of cause yeah, so all the events of this show that we're going to see. Right, so he's going to rule from uh, when his father died in 103 yep. all the way up until 129. Okay. His death is what kicks off the Dance of the Dragons. Okay. Yeah, because, a, because it goes up boy. in the air again. Um, it's a very similar thing to what we just talked about where there's like grandson of one, of one brother versus the granddaughter of another brother. Okay. Um, and so I'm guessing he has no sons. Um, what does he? Viserys. Yes. So Viserys had a daughter with his first wife. Yep. Her name is Rhaenyra, and she is she's going to be one she's of the a top characters. one or two characters. Yes. Okay. Um, and he loved her. She, she was awesome. Okay. Um, he did have a second wife, Alicent Hightower, um, and she's Wait, also my, my key. Girl, Olivia Cook, who I'm very excited to see. Yes, and she's going to be key and uh, and one of like the other main sides so um she allison hightower wants her children that she had to take the, the line makes sense um but apparently viserys named his daughter rhaenyra the heir okay um, when when rhaenyra was like nine years old by the time the dance of the dragon comes around she's like 29 or something uh, or like th- like 35 um so she's like a full-grown woman at that point she has been the heir for a long time but when viserys dies um Alice and Hightower's children make a move on the throne, and it, it just goes to shit from there. Um, oh, okay. her, her, her son, Aegon, who becomes Aegon II, as soon as he steps on the throne, um, he is one side. One side. He, they're the Greens, yep. and uh, Rhaenyra is the Blacks. You're going to hear those terms a lot, the Greens and the Blacks. Okay. Yep. Okay. That's interesting. Yep. So those are, those are the main two sides. Either you're Team Rhaenyra on the Blacks, or your Team Aegon slash Alicent on the Greens. So where would Matt Smith and Prince Damon fall into this category, though? So at that time, he is estranged from Viserys um, and loves Rhaenyra. Um, don't want to get oh. too much. Get too much. Yeah, I yeah. love the Targaryens, man. Yeah, he loves Rhaenyra. Uh, they both have two of the most badass dragons. Um, and yeah, I won't get into too much. I don't want to say too much. Cool, cool, uh, cool. So I won't, I won't say too much more. So they both they both got two of the badass dragons. Yeah, and they're, they're on the same side. They support each other. And uh, both of them have children who are also dragon riders. No kidding. Yeah, All right, which so is pretty, which is a cool part of it. Is like you have Rhaenyra with her like four kids, 
who are all dragon riders. And you got Aegon and uh, his brother, One-Eyed. Uh, Aim One Eye. You seen yep. him in the trailers too. They got the yep. eye patch. Yep, yep, eye patch guy. Yep, yep. he's he's the biggest dragon out of everybody. Okay. Yep, uh, Vagar. Nice. So they're all going to be key people. Um, I have one comment and one question before we move on to the next person. Yeah. The question, I guess, is is Matt Smith and Prince Davon. He he looking like he's going to be kind of our, our Jon Snow sort of for this for this show. If we want to relate to somebody. Is he going to be in any way as big of a bitch-ass pussy as Jon Snow occasionally was? I don't think he will be. I am optimistic. Awesome. One can only hope. <laughs> yes! One yes. can no, he, only hope. He definitely has a mean side to him. Um, you would love that he... Uh, I got it written here. He's a hot-tempered guy who loves brothels, wine sinks, and gambling pits. My God! I knew I loved him already. Yeah. I knew the trailer was already... He was already I already felt like he was going to be my dude. And now after hearing that, I know he's going to be my dude. Yep, yep. And he uh, he also was the guy who created the, the gold cloaks um, oh, with the city watch. Very cool, very uh, cool. Which he which was a good thing. They were way more effective. But he also went over a little overboard with his power. He got off on like cutting off the hands of people who robbed things. Yes! Uh, gelding, rapists. You know, like very fitting, yes. uh, very so over the top. Still. I mean, if you're raping people, you should be gelded. Yeah, he's, take that shit. Yep, uh, don't rape. It's bad. Which I guess Jon Snow had the same streak in him. He would definitely chop the head off of the guys who were, uh, you know, going. He had a few moments here and there. He was occasionally all right. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I, the one comment I had, I found very funny. I saw a comment from the actor that's playing Matt Smith. Uh, came out this week. He said, uh, and I quote. I think there is a few too many sex scenes in House of the Dragon. I read that and I was like, yeah, this show's going to be Who fantastic. said that? That would be Matt Smith. That's the lead Prince Damon. He was like, I think there's a few too many sex scenes. Yeah, my face was kind of huh? sore. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Who says that? This is Game of Thrones, baby. Why sex do you and blood. Yeah. Sex and blood. You're on HBO, baby. You know, maybe. I guess I should say sex, blood, and politics. Sex, blood, and politics. <laughs> All right, so we got Prince Daemon. We already talked a little bit about King Viserys. You said he's a good king. His death's going to spark some things off. Two wives. So yep. we already kind of covered him. Let's talk about the other... Uh, I have two, a couple of other people that I'm interested to hear about. I mentioned her a second ago. Olivia Cook, who I'm a big fan of. Um, she was in uh, The Sound of Metal, and she was also in uh, Me, Earl, and The Dying Girl, which I loved. I think she's a really good up-and-coming actress. I think she's going to be a star before you know it. Uh, she is playing Alicent Hightower, who you briefly mentioned. Uh, what do you, you got to say about her? Anything else? Um, uh, just recap that she is the second wife of King Viserys, um, and she tries to take the the line to her children rather than it going to Rhaenyra, who's who's Viserys' first daughter. Okay. Um, and so she's kind of she's very manipulative, kind of. Ooh, um, I like that. Her dad was the hand to um, to both Jaehaerys and Viserys, so the last two kings. He's the hand throughout this, actually. Okay. Yep. So that's uh, that's another thing. You'll see him a lot. Which is perfect because that's actually the other person that I actually wanted to talk about. So we'll get into him next, though. Yep. Otto Hightower, right? So Otto Hightower is being played by Rice Ifans, who I am, again, a very big fan of. Uh, some of you guys might know him from a few things. Uh, for instance, Little Nicky is, uh, <laughs> is a fan favorite of some people. But he's <laughs> also the leg in The Replacements. Which was he in Little Nicky? Favorite movies. He's uh, Adam Sandler's uh, brother, one of the evil brothers. Oh, okay. Which one? <laughs> the white one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> the one that's not the guy from... Uh, the other one's... Um, what's his name? From uh, The Green Mile and everything, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In uh, yeah, Talladega Nights. Nice. He, uh, Duncan. Oh, yeah. yeah R.I.P. Yeah. in peace. 
Um, but yes, like I said, he plays the the leg and the replacements. One of my all time favorite movies. He's he's wiry. He's he's wiry, wiry. Uh, but he's playing Otto Hightower. Yeah. So he's going to be the hand of the king. What do we got to say about him? Cool yeah. guy, bad guy, good guy. Um, I'm not quite sure. He seems kind of sketchy. Okay. Uh, he, uh, I know he was like I said, he was the hand of the king to the previous king, Jaharis. And then he was a continued, good king. Okay. Uh, so he was the hand for two good kings, though. Just at the very end for Jaharis, though. Um, okay. Yeah, it was like when he was kind of like bedridden and stuff. Okay. Um, and actually, while he was hand and Jaharis was bedridden, that's when he got Alice and Hightower to come to the to come to King's Landing, and she took care of Jaharis on his bed and was there when he died. This already sounds like some manipulation. And then, of course, she ends up being the one who marries Viserys. Oh yeah, I like this. Yeah, yeah I knew I. Let me tell you, yeah. I knew I liked both these people already, and now I think I like them even more. Yeah, the it's, high scandalous for sure. And so, so she, and then she's scheming, trying to take go against the word of her husband who just died, and she she has her son Aegon take the throne. Okay, he, he becomes Aegon the second on the spot, yep. and it's him versus Rhaenyra. Awesome. And there's there's like eight dragons on one side and like nine on the other, or something like that. It's, now that it's pretty sounds intense. like an episode of television that I want to watch right yeah, now. Yeah, it's gonna be good. So, they're both Hightowers. Now, that's one of the few family names that I would say is not going to ring a bell if you were just a Game of Thrones watcher. The Hightowers have already been basically eliminated by the time the events of the throne, you know, have happened, or Game of Thrones have happened. Right. So, I guess they're probably going to have a bad run here somewhere along yeah. the way. Yeah, I mean, I think they're still in power in Game of Thrones. They're, um, they're from Old Town. Okay. Yeah, they're, oh, okay. Yep. They that's like what the Hightower yeah, yeah, thing yeah. is. Yep. Um, Yes, yeah, that's where the, the Citadel is. Citadel, yep. And um, so they're still in power, but you're right that they don't have any prominence in the show. Um, and they don't go anywhere. They just kind of keep to themselves. And, uh, but, thrones? Yeah, yeah, yeah thrones. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, they're going to be big in this one. Um, they're still the people from Old Town, which is even more glorious back then. It was like a, it's already a pretty well-established city. Yeah, it definitely looks pretty cool in Game of Thrones. I actually thought it looked really cool, honestly. To be When Sam went there, uh, was it yeah. season six or something? Yeah. I think? Especially was... compared to, like, the you know ghetto king's landing like it's, it's in rough yeah, shape yeah. there it's like all they'd say it smells like shit in king's landing and stuff True. But, yeah uh, yeah that's uh, old so town that's, is all white stone and looks really nice that's very intriguing i, I do like that i do like to meet some new families i do uh, how many we're gonna have a lot of returning families obviously too i mean obviously we know the targaryens the the stars of the show for this what other families do you think that we can expect to see you know some some attention to in the show yeah so at Probably at that first Great Council thing that we were talking about. Yep. Um, we're going to see pretty much everybody. Um, cool. I know that most of the Northern Houses supported the the woman who had the claim, who didn't, okay. who didn't end up winning. Um, so, like, Starks, Baratheons. Starks are still in power right now, right? Yep. With the fellow Lodez. Yep. Cool. They're the, still the Wardens of the North. So, we'll be seeing some new Starks? Yeah. I think... Um, cool. Seems like Cregan or something like that. Um, and I know they're key in the dance. I don't know how much they're going to do. Leading up to the Dance of the Dragons, but they are key during that, the Dance of the Dragons. Cool. What about, say, like the, uh, we got the Lannisters, Baratheons. Can we expect to see anything from them in this? I think so. Um, they're all going to be the main allies of Rhaenyra, pretty much. Okay. Um, yeah. For the winning side. Probably makes sense why they lasted this long, though, huh? Yeah. Yep, probably. Um, and they, yeah, they all play key roles. I, I know the Baratheons are really strong at that point. Um, Baratheons also have some bloodlines connected to the Targaryens around that same time. Ooh, um, the Targaryens decided to let them in, huh? Yeah, yep. Um, so, 
I think they're pretty choosy about who they uh, decide to let into the bloodlines. There, so they I'm are. surprised. They are. It's but there's yeah, there's a few errands. Swamp's End's a in. nice place to have, though. I mean, that's a nice piece of land for sure. For sure. In this book here, they cover when Aegon goes to Storm's End, though, and he just he just flies right over and takes it down. He actually he just uh, landed like right in the center of the town, and they just gave it to him. They knew that he was a little too strong at that point. No kidding. Yeah. What about we know from Game of Thrones that the one uh, kingdom or family, however you want to put it, that was able to withstand the Targaryens was the Dornish Sunspear. Unbow, unbent, unbroken. Are we going to be seeing any of Dawn in this, you think? Um, I think so. I know that they, they did attend the Great Council. They were there as well? Yep. Um, okay. But they also have maintained their independence throughout um, throughout these years. So they it's kind of still similar to how it is in Thrones, where they, um, they maintain that they are allies to the throne, but they are not ruled by the throne. Okay. Which is yeah, like you said, yeah, unba- you. unbowed, unbent, they're unbroken. Co- they're cooperative, but they're not just straight down, you know, bending the knee all the time, kind yep. of thing. Yep, um, but I think they will be taking sides as well. Okay, I let me tell you, I, I would love. I, I don't think it's going to be happening in this series for sure, like you kind of just said. But I would love whether it's a different series that we're going to see. I would love to spend more time in Dawn. I it's pretty cool. I think for those of you that maybe have read the books, I think that's the story that they skipped the most out on in the Game of Thrones series. Is they skipped out a ton on Dawn. There's a lot of a lot of storylines that happen there. And they're all, in my opinion, very entertaining. They're very good. Yeah, I would love to see more from them. They're, in my opinion, some of the most entertaining characters. They actually kind of they have a lot of target. I mean, they like the you know sex and fight, and that's kind of their motto. You know what I mean? That's kind of what they like to do too. For sure. But I, I, I like uh, I, I could do some more with Dawn. I'd like to see maybe a series kind of based around there or something like that. I would love to see that. I'd like to spend more time there. I can't wait to see what George does in the books with that whole storyline because yes, they have they if out so he much. Ever does anything yeah. with it? If I think there's a total <laughs> chance that we he's just finishing, die. he says he's like finishing up another character today. He's been saying that for like ten years. <laughs> yeah, I know, but he said I mean, it recently. What's on the beach? He's just sitting on the beach, like yeah, got another character today. I just want it to be true. Another round. HBO is giving this guy fat bags to come in here and set up this whole universe, produce this show, produce that show. This guy's not no time to go and write two more books, though. No kidding. Especially right. after we all just roasted the ending. We all just hated it. Now this guy's going to be like, oh, I guess I have to write that Bran Stark's going to be the king and everyone's going to hate me for it. Yeah. No, I don't think that was his plan. Hope not. <laughs> well, we're not going to do Thrones. We'll save that for another day. Yeah. Well, I would like to have that conversation. Uh, there's a couple. I want to do one or two more characters here. We actually just talked about Old Town. I loved Grandmaster Kyburn. I hated Pycelle. What do we got? New Grandmaster Melos? Is that what it is? I think so. Um, I honestly didn't read a lot about him um, okay. because I, I mostly studied up on the lead up. To, okay. I didn't want to. More of a secondary character? So he's going to be big. He's going to be, I think he's the Grandmaster during the Dance of Dragons rather than during the, the Great Council and all that early stuff. Very cool. So, um. Yeah, I, I saw him in the trailers. Like the, you know, he's like short, chubby old guy. Um, but he'll he'll definitely be key. Like you said, they. You guys just keep talking for one split second. I'm just gonna plug the camera in so we don't die. You good? Um, but yeah, I, I don't really know much about him to be honest. But he's gonna probably play a similar role to uh, Kyburn and what's his face? What's the? Uh... Pycelle. Yeah, Pycelle, where he's the head of medicine and like their main. Uh... Pycelle is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he was washed up and completely 
corrupt to the, to the Lannisters and stuff too. But uh, there was one other cool guy I wanted to get to too, actually. Um, he is someone you probably noticed from the trailers. He's the black dude with white hair. Oh, yes. Yeah. With a very, like, uh, almost pirate looking, I would say, kind of. He is. reminded me of someone from, um, like, Pirate of the Caribbean or something kind of like that. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, yeah, that's his name is Corliss or Corlys Valerian. Okay. Um, yes, I do know him from the trailer, though, for sure. He does. He is another character I would definitely say I'm very intrigued by. He looks very cool. Yep, and he's he's a total badass. He uh, he's been sailing since he was six. Been all over the world. Sailing since he was six. He would do he do these crazy missions where he'd. I couldn't sail. even wipe my ass. At six. <laughs> he was like tying knots and like going to the crow's nest and shit. Yeah, um, he he would go sail places like to faraway places and then buy like a hundred ships and fill them all up with stuff and bring them back. And, okay. And so during his time, uh, the Valerians became the richest house in the kingdom, more than the Lannisters, all those no guys. No kidding. Um, and he marries Rhaenys. Rhaenys. Valerian. Now that sounds a lot like Valeria. Yep. So they are from Valeria, but they okay. were not dragon lords. So they were... Um, Interesting. They from were the Valeria, only surviving... they don't ride dragons, huh? Yep. They're one of the only surviving Valerian houses. That's them and the Targaryens, pretty much. Yep. Um, and yeah, pretty much uh, they, they've always up. been the staunchest supporters of the Targaryens, and they've pretty much always been the Lord of the Seas, or Lord of the Tides, hmm. which is just the head of the Navy, too. So that's interesting, because A, that's another family name, kind of like the High Towers that we haven't really heard of in Game of Thrones, number one. Yep. And then number two, I would say, just based off that synopsis you just gave us, that guy reminds me of uh, the Crow's Eye. That sounds like Euron Greyjoy to me, man. Totally. Which, if we're going to talk about other things that got skipped in the books from Game of Thrones, Euron got a bad hand, man, because that guy is a certified badass motherfucker, and he is barely in the show. I mean, I know he's that's he's, a. I, he's got not do a whole series of crow like the crow like in his peak. Oh yeah, like that would have been so cool. Him mutilating his crew, cutting all their tongues out and shit. I know. Talk back, back to me. I didn't mention any of that cool stuff. None of it. Also, in the books, he has that badass horn that can like uh, bring them the wall and shit. Right? It's, it's supposed dragons. to. It's supposed to like uh, be like dragon binder. They call yeah. it. Yeah. Like, kill dragons or take over someone's dragon. Oh, and the guy who blows it, me like burns his face off and dies. Yes, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. But that's that. What you just told me, that sounds like that guy. Because he was, you know, sailing the seas, doing the whole thing by his own damn self. Six years old. Yep, very similar for sure. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. All right. I like the sound of that guy too. Who, what was, uh, who was that? Yeah, Corlys Valerian. Corlys Valerian. Or Corlys. Valerian. I don't really know. Nice. Um, and yeah, he's married to Rhaenys, who's the older Targaryen woman who's also right. a dragon rider. So and, uh, he's going to be... And all their kids are dragon riders. Um, Laenor and Lena Valerian are dragon riders, too. So. I bet the kids are giving him some shit like that. You don't ride no dragon, bro. Right. I'll have my don't dragon tell me what to eat do. you, Dad, man. What you going to tell me to do, bro? My dragon right over here, he'll light your ass on fire, man. Right? <laughs> I like that, though. I, you know, he's probably probably a tough guy if he's going to have to deal with all that shit. Got to deal with kids, got to deal with a wife, got to deal with wanting power and not being a dragon rider. That's a lot of pressure. Uh, anybody else? Anybody else you think we should uh, cover? Um, I think that's pretty solid. Um, yeah, I mean, there's more people going to be coming up. Uh, but I don't know. This, uh, yeah, I think that's probably, probably pretty solid. I don't want to overwhelm people with too much. All right. Um, I had a couple things I was like going to keep an eye out for. If we okay. have, if we have another few minutes, we sure do. I have uh, I have a question from myself, and I have one submitted question. Oh. First ever submitted question to the podcast coming from my good friend Dollar and Dream. 
Shout out Dala. Nice. We want to do that first or after? Uh, we'll go with you first, and then we'll finish the two questions, and then we'll wrap it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, just things I was looking out for. Uh, obviously, the timeline, where are we going to start, how much are they going to cover in one season? Yep. Really, up, really up in the air. Yeah. Are, are we even going to get to the dance in this season? Are we going to get there by up to the second episode? We really don't know. Um, okay. But we'll see. Even if we don't get to the dance, we're going to get some dragon action. We know. For like, sure. And we've already seen it in the trailers. The dragon action is coming. For sure. Yeah, which, which makes me think that we will get there. Um, okay. Uh, also, kind of interesting, like you were saying, the, we'll see who's like who in, from the Game of Thrones series. Uh, George R. R. Martin is big on the Wheel of Time thing and like history repeating itself. Yes. And so there's going to be a lot of parallel storylines. Kind of the whole point of the Three-Eyed Raven, basically. Exactly. Yeah. They say that a million times, like the Wheel of Time. And, yeah. yeah. So like uh, this guy, Kristen Cole, who we didn't mention, um, okay. he's the head of the Kingsguard. Okay. Um, he's a lover of Rhaenyra at one point and then goes against her and she and he joins Alicent. Ooh. Um, and he's love. Scorn love. And he may also have a scandalous baby with Rhaenyra that Oh So it's almost exactly like love Jamie. That. Yeah. Love almost that. Almost exactly like Jamie. Oh, I love this. Um, Secret children, love affairs. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Uh Rhaenyra is kinda like Danny and Arya mixed together, I put here. Or maybe Ooh. or maybe like Lyanna Stark. Kind of similar thing, right? Oh, they did say Lyanna was a badass back in the day. Exactly. I like that. Yeah, they said she was like with Danny. They said she was like beautiful beautiful and fierce, but also like that's two of the best characters in the show, right there. You're gonna mash them together. That's what it sounds like. We'll see how they do it, but it seems seems like she she can do it. And then uh, I put that Damon. Targaryen and Corlys Valerian are both kind of like Euron Greyjoy, which we kind of both oh okay mentioned. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, so those are some peaks parallels. Uh, yeah, wondering about the dragons. How big are they going to be compared to like Drogon and Viserion? Yeah, the dragons and look Rhaegal. massive. They do look massive. That is the one thing that I can always say, even about the last season, is that Drogon never, ever, ever, ever doesn't look awesome. Drogon right. always looks like the coolest thing on the screen. Even those like. He should have lit Jon Snow's ass on fire when he burnt down the Iron Throne, but that scene was awesome. That was the only scene in the finale that I actually liked. That was pretty great. Like, it was so sick. That visual, as bad as that last episode is, that visual will always kick ass. Where Danny is walking up the steps and Drogon is flapping his wings perfectly behind her to make her resemble a dragon herself. Oh my god, man. That's the kind of shit that, like, makes, like, ah. I lose my shit when that happens. Yeah, no, they definitely had some good cinematography shots in that. Like they, they messed up the story part, but they yeah. they did make it look good. They did. They that yes, yeah. that is yeah. Even her giving her wasp the the speech to the uh, the unsullied and shit that was all awesome too. That all looked so sick in the 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 burnt down city, but it's snowing down on it. All the unsullied are lined up. It's a great visual. Like you said, even if the the storytelling wasn't great, the visual was very very cool. Yeah, it was it was pleasant to look at for sure. Definitely. So, yeah, I like that, how big the dragons are, how they're going to look. Yeah. You mentioned uh, to me um, one dragon's got, what is it, wings on his feet? Yeah. Um, actually, Daemon Targaryen's dragon. Uh, okay. It's called Caraxes, the, the red worm. Um, it's kind of like a freakazoid. Like it, uh, it's deformed. It has a really long neck. You, okay. If you look at the trailer that just put out today, you, there's a really good shot right at the end. Okay. But it's, it's more like a snake attached to a... Dragon's body. I guess pretty, it's pretty cool. wild. That's got to give him uh, a little bit of a veil. Like a boxer. Uh, you always want the reach in a boxer. He's got the, you know what I mean? True. He's got the reach of that true. neck. Yeah. Snap. <laughs> a big target. 
Oh, that's true. Good call. That's true. Can you get that neck taken right out, though? I like right? that. Look, good uh, call. And then, yeah, they said that he has some, I don't know if they'll do it in the show, but that he has some, like, little non-functional, like, wings that are growing off his, like, hind legs, too. Non-functional. That, that's just showing off, basically. He's yeah. just trying to look cool. He's like, hey, guys, I got wings on my feet, bro. I'm basically wearing Jordans as a dragon. <laughs> It's pretty dope. <laughs> pretty dope. I like that. That sounds cool. I hope that they do that. And they're going to make the dragons all very different from each other, too. Different color schemes, different, like, horns, and, like, seems like different shaped bodies. Which I, I mean, I have to say is the right move. You should almost turn, if you're going to have 17 dragons, and they're all going to be tied to these characters, they should almost be their own individual characters themselves, in a way. And they say in Thrones, they say that these dragons are super, super smart, that they're more intelligent sometimes than humans are. So... I mean, I think it, they should be almost treated like characters in themselves. I, the other two uh, in Game of Thrones weren't, but Drogon's the only one that really got the full character, I feel like. You get almost a sense of his personality and stuff like that. The other two, they kind of just threw off to the side. But I think that's a good move, yeah. that they kind of develop them a little bit more, show more of that personality and stuff of the dragons. Yeah, man, I like that. I do too, yeah. Even like, um, I think of that scene with Tyrion in the dragon pit when he's going to set them free and stuff, and he's like talking yeah, to him Yeah, that's a great stuff. scene. I love that. Great scene, it is. That is a great, great scene. But again, you kind of get a sense of the drag, like they understand, you know what I mean? This, like they are very, very small. So I like that. I like that they, they, they make these dragons more characteristic. Yeah, I think they are going to do a good job of that. Um, and there's also going to be some cool scenes for sure with uh, dragon riders trying to claim a dragon. Because there are going to be dragon riders who die. And there's going to be dragons that are up for grabs pretty much. So there's going to be some wild scenes with that. Now that yeah. just piqued my interest. Yep. And Let's there's go. some wild dragons that get captured that have never been ridden before. Um, that again piques my interest. Now we've got some Pokemon going on. we got people wild. catching dragons. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You just say wild dragons? Yeah, hey, we got guys like fighting there's, for the right to a dragon. Like, think about how cool you know, we're fighting for this woman's love, right? We're going to duel for this woman's heart. We're going to duel for this dragon. Whoever wins this fight gets that dragon. And that's if the dragon will have you. Maybe the dragon says, fuck you, I didn't want you, and then lights him on fire and waits for the next guy. Very possible. Yeah. I like that. There's a story just like that in here. That's sick. Yeah. That's the risk. I love that. Yeah. All right, so that's pretty that, – I mean, honestly, that sounds awesome. That really that really just piqued my interest right there. Yeah, it's going to be glorious. Uh, let's hit these last two questions, and then we'll wrap it up. We're having a good episode here. Um, I'm going to do my question first and we're going to save Dollar's question for last. My question for you is even though it's 200 years before, is there any chance even in just a three or four minute cameo that we see somebody we already know? I was wondering what you were going to ask me because you said you had a question. I did. And yep. there's... One person that I thought you were going to ask me specifically, I thought you were going to ask uh, Melisandre. Ah, uh, well... That was yeah. that's who my first thought is Melisandre right. or that second red priestess I can't remember her name that's quickly introduced that serves for Daenerys she says that she'll uh, yeah, spread the word and stuff it seemed like they were gonna do more with her but then they just kind of left her out to dry right yeah I was but trying to think of who else also, could be that old there also is a second character that we didn't get much of in the show we have no idea anything really about her that I'm still curious about and that's the wraith the wraith is that isn't that her name I think that's her name isn't it the the masked woman who Oh, Quaith. Quaith, I'm sorry. Quaith. Wraith is Lord of the Rings. See that? Lord of the Rings <laughs> yeah. right behind my, right there on the brain. Yeah. Uh, Quaith, there you go. Yeah, Quaith is weird. We don't know anything about her. Yeah, we don't, don't how know how old she is or yeah. anything. The show didn't wrap her up at all. They just forgot about her. All we knew is that she knew some stuff about the Targaryens. Right. Why? And that she's able to like get into Daenerys' dreams and shit and like, tell her stuff. Yeah. So who's to say that 
You know what I mean? So what do you think? Do you think there's any chance we maybe get a little Melisandre appearance or a think, Red Priest? I think or? there could be. And then actually it was something else I wanted to mention was, uh, you know how in Thrones the dragons start coming back and magic starts going nuts? Correct. Yes. Right. This is the most dragons that there ever really are. So you're shouldn't, saying shouldn't that there be magic, magic should be at the peak. Shouldn't there be a crazy magic? That's right. right. You're right. You're, they, they say that uh, dragons brought magic back into right. the world. So, But I don't see a lot of that in here. I don't know. I haven't read it all, but... There's okay. not a lot of mentions of magic, um, you know, wildfire. Uh, I don't know if you remember glass candles from the books. Well, wild, wildfire wasn't like a big, big thing until the Mad King, right? Wasn't he the one that really kind of like started, started to like really use it, and mass produce it, and yeah, stuff that's like true. that? I guess I don't know when they invented that, but uh, right, I can see it being invented. But I know like I said, they, he was the one that kind of you know made it popular. <laughs> right. But but even then, um, like in the books, as the dragons start coming back, they're suddenly able to make it way more efficiently. It's way more stable. Like it's it's all kind of wrapped into the same like magic thing. Very very. Um, interesting. So I think there definitely could be if if there ever was a time when some crazy three hundred year old people could be around, it would be when there's the most magic in the world. And you do know that even though they have a book for reference, that they are going to do some liberties with the show. They're going to change some things. They're going to add some things. They're going to do what they want. I could see them for the fans almost kind of like I said, even if it is just in the cameo, like one episode for five minutes or something. I could see. I would be pumped if Melisandre comes on the screen. Even if it is just five cool. minutes, I would be hyped. I'd be like, let's go. I love yeah, that. Or like a, even like a 10-year-old Melisandre or something. That would be even yeah. cool. Oh, my God. If it was just like a little child Melisandre in the red robe still, though, just yeah. looking like a G. In training. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> I can get into that. I like that idea, actually, a hey, lot. You never know. All right. So I'm now I'm kind of hopeful. Now I'm hoping. Now I'm hoping. Honestly, it's possible. I, I, there's a bunch of storylines. There's so many storylines in Game of Thrones, and I love so many of them. But the Red Priestess is another one that got shafted in Game of Thrones. The Red Priest storyline is sick. This is the Fiery Hand, right? Isn't that what they're... Yeah, well, he's... The army of soldiers there. Yep. I mean, I was expecting them to show up at that the Battle of Winterfell. Of course they did not. But, hey, I would love to see more of the Red Priestess. I love that concept. I love that storyline. I would love to see more of them in the show. So let's be hopeful for that. The last, uh, last thing we got here before we wrap up, like I said, the first ever listener question... What episodes would you rewatch before House of the Dragon this Sunday? Hmm. I wrote down three of them, and they were the first three that came to mind, and all three from the first season. I was thinking Young Danny, Targaryen stories, dragons. I went with uh, episode one, then uh, the crown episode where she dumps the bucket of gold on uh, Viserys, which yeah, is uh, a King Without a Crown, I believe it's called. Oh, no, a golden crown for a king. Yeah. There you go. I think that's episode four. A golden crown for a king. The finale of season one, again, is another one where I feel like when she finally walks into the flame and she gives birth to the dragon. Those three, to me, are three huge episodes. Yeah. And far as storytelling, history, Targaryen lineage, stuff like that. Uh, those are the three that stand out to me. Do you have any other ones beside that that you that you can think of off the top of your head that you think yeah. you might want to rewatch? Um, I think it would probably just be to get hyped more than anything because it's not going to give yeah, you insight no, or anything. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's not going to be like to refresh right. or, or anything. But um, I don't know. So like my favorite episodes, like Battle of the Bastards, is dope. Yeah, Hard Home is dope. Hard Home is one of my favorites. Uh, Battle of the Bastards. Well, I'm not going to say anything bad. I have no Battle of the Bastards slander here at all. It's just not in my top like. Three to hard five. Home's a good answer though too. Yeah, I, like I love Hard Home. See, like for me, I'll take Hard Home yeah. over the Battle of the oh, Bastards. I, I'm with you on that. No problem there. 
If I'm going to just go for hype, then the only answer is, I mean, it's it's winds of, uh, what is it? Uh, yeah, winds of winter. Winds of winter. Yeah, the finale to season yeah, five. The first it's, ten minutes it's is the best episode of all time. It's it's unbelievable. Cersei Lannister, my girl, I mean, just The first nine minutes and 30 everybody. seconds of that episode is uh, awesome. that unbelievable. unbelievable. That's, that's my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's my opinion. Yeah, exactly. That is... Her sipping the wine as she overlooks the massive murder that she just did. Children, women, priests, men of religion, men, free men, guilty men. They're all burning. Done. And she's just sitting there just like, yeah, baby, that was good. Yeah. That was a good hype one. Oh, my God. Um, as far as that though, yeah, I would say those first three. As far as Targaryen stuff, maybe the episode when uh, is it season? It's season three when she gets the Unsullied. That's a big one for her. I was gonna say that too. Like. Yeah, the Dracarys. Yep. Uh, Mysa. Uh, that's a big one. Any 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 Targaryen heavy episodes? Those are the ones that I would probably dive into. I would say one more scene that comes to mind at least is. Um you remember when Viserys is in the he's in like his tub with with a woman? Yeah, and she's of course. Like, yeah, yeah. She's like asking him all about the dragons oh, and stuff. Oh yes, and yes. He's like, he likes he's like the, the brave men didn't kill the dragons. They rode the them. brave men rode. Them. That's right. Yeah, he just like goes off on what a great that's a great quote. Was, yeah. Love that. Yeah. Can you imagine Pretty if that guy had lasted as long as, like, say, like Joffrey did? How much we would have hated him at that point? Like, it, he only had like five episodes for us to build up hate for him. Joffrey had like four full seasons. If we had to live with that guy for four seasons, we would have been screaming for that guy to yeah, die. He, sucked. <laughs> he was fucking awful. Yeah. Oh, I hated him. But. Uh, with that said, I think that's going to pretty much wrap it up for us here today. I feel like that was a really good preview for you guys, and I feel like I got some insight on what we're going to be seeing on I'm Sunday. excited to watch some Game of Thrones right now. I cannot so, wait. Let's run it back, baby. Let's fucking... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, like I said, for those of you guys that might not have seen it, the trailer uh, teaser dropped again today, so you guys should definitely go check that out. And then uh, definitely check out the first episode of She-Hulk, because we are definitely going to be covering that in our next episode along with the first episode of uh, House of the Dragon so I would definitely check out those two as well so you guys can just be caught up with us uh, but other than that I appreciate all you guys for tuning in and listening again I hope you guys enjoyed the show uh, just like last week if you guys could please 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 share this video around on all of your platforms uh, you know like it comment leave a review subscribe all of it whatever you can do it all helps it means a lot to us it's what's going to keep us going here so um, please, please, please do that. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon and enjoy your time at the theater. Night, everybody. Later.